You're listening to Two Guys, One Album with music insiders Michael Heidemann and Paul Farber. We are two music experts. Three experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two Guys, One Album. What's up, Paul? Michael, we are back. I can't believe it. Six-year hiatus from Two Guys, One Album. (laughs) And we come back with an album which is so good. I forgot how good this album is. We come back roaring and in style. In style? I don't know about style. I'm wearing a shirt from 1997, but otherwise. My shirt is just plain white. It's just plain white. Plain white tees. That's maybe Maybe another album. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we'll see. Not today, though. Not today. Today, we are playing one of the greatest albums from the greatest thing to come out of Austin since... Nice, tasty brisket and barbecue. Brisket and barbecue. That's right. Um, Did you see a ghost or something? No, we're, just, it's so weird. I, we're in the new studio here at WGN, and I don't know what's going on. Brand new studios here in Chicago. We're in a glass box of emotion. <laughs> we are literally in a glass <laughs> box. But the music you are hearing right now is Spoon. Gimme Fiction. I've been, you know, we had this on the list. Yeah. And I'm glad we finally pinned it down because I know the folklore of this band and I know how popular they are in certain parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Love this guy's voice. Britt Daniel. Britt Daniel? Mm-hmm. Britt. Britt? Britt. What a great name. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's no Adam Duritz, but <laughs> every lead singer needs to have a fantastic name. Britt Daniel. By the way, we do need to, it's not on this episode because we got a lot to cover, but we will address a lot of um, viewer mail we've received uh, for <laughs> some of our older episodes. A lot of Adam Duritz comments and a lot from our last uh, review of Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, Greta Van Fleet caused a little bit of uproar, yes. which we really appreciate because we put a comment section in our podcast for that reason. <laughs> so you guys can either hate or participate. Yeah, feel free. And we we enjoy listening to you because because uh, that's how we get better. Yeah. And if you tell us we suck, then you know what? We will try our damnedest not to suck next yeah. time. Yeah, and that's Michael Heidemann that's talking. Oh yeah, this way. by the way, this is <laughs> Michael Heidemann here with WGN Radio. I'm and if you if you like Paul. if you like the podcast, my name is Paul Farvar. If you didn't like it, Michael Heidemann is my name. That's yes. all you need to know. Yes, and if you if you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we are yeah. uh, Britt Daniel of Spoon. And my name is Courtney Cox, former girlfriend <laughs> of Adam, Adam Duritz. Anyway, anyway, we're, we're off too many, we're too so many off inside topic. jokes. Yeah, 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 Let's yeah. go back. Let's get to the album. So tell us, what what what, what is this album? What are, we, what are we listening to? Tell us who Spoon Gimme Fiction is, Michael. Spoon Gimme Fiction is the fifth studio album by the American indie rock band Spoon. It was released on May 10th, 2005 by Merge Records. It debuted at number 44 on the Billboard Top 200. And I Turn My Camera On was released as a single. Yeah. Really we will get album. to that song, but we need to go, we need to get to the album. And Dude. the song that opened it was, uh, was the, what was it called? The Beast and Dragon Adored. 
Yes. What a great way to start an album. Uh, you don't see a lot of bands that start with something like that. And actually... A little slow. Yeah, but it's got it's got like a good intro. It's like an intro feel. And I feel like I've seen them in concert. I think they start the show with that song, at least the two times I've seen them. But I will admit... Uh, the two times I saw them, it was post-Lala shows, post-Lalapalooza shows where they played, and I was heavily, heavily inebriated. So I could be wrong. <laughs> so you might just be going through right. some hazy dream yeah. of, of a Spoon concert the, you might have went to one time right. in your life. The, the, one t- the first time I saw them at the Metro, uh, post-Lala, uh, was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. I mean, they were so late getting on stage, but once they did... They crushed it. It was it was post Lala, so they didn't. They were on stage for two hours. It felt like, and uh, but it was worth it. I mean, we got out of there at like two in the morning, and mm-hmm. I, and I had a great night. The I love that song. I like how they build it up with that nice piano kind of soothing soundscape, where it's like, what are we going to get ourselves into? We can tell it's kind of folk. It's kind of indie. That was kind of the sound that was going on in two thousand five. I'm I, I'm thinking of a lot of band, the Cold War Kids, put, yes. put out their stuff. They um, uh, who's that band that sings Hang Me Out to Dry? Oh, uh, <laughs> is that the Cold War Kids? Uh, it is Cold War Kids. Okay, yeah. yeah, they were great, and um, and that's the kind of feel that I got because it's funny how the music industry kind of puts us in a certain docket. Like, you can tell what. Uh, era of music you were listening to by the time and 2005 they're really pushing this indie rock and it was Mm -hmm. was a great way to start an album I love the song title The Beast and the Dragon Adored yeah wow and there's a comma right before Adored I see that yeah no, good use no. of the comma. I, I, Best use of comma in a in an opening <laughs> song I think I've ever seen. I think it's yeah. You don't see a lot of commas in the first song, but no. but it, I agree with everything you said. It's a great song. It's it shows where you're going, and it's a good intro. It's not too hard, not too soft, but it tells you where you're going with the show, where you're going with the album, and I love it. And I think uh, it's one of the it's a great intro album, and great intro to an album. Paul just clapped, so that means he really likes that that first one. That's how good the sound is in this new room we're in. You ready to dive into song yeah, number two? Yeah, the two sides of Monsieur Valentine. All right. Let me or try. Valentine, if you're from Alabama. What did you just call me? Mm-hmm. Hold on, let me get this right. <laughs> such a good album uh, you know what's funny i don't know a lot of the names of these album songs because mm-hmm. when this came out this is the era of you know you just like you put it on if it was a disc you're like number two mm-hmm. you just didn't learn the song names, unfortunately but now you listen to it like oh yeah this is such a good song and the bass lines that they come up with this the the, the rhythm section on this out al- on, on this album is amazing and this band yeah it's it's fantastic and like you said about not knowing the song titles i'm gonna give this my second place finish for best use of a slash in a song. Two sides <laughs> slash Monsieur Valentine. Yes. They're big on punctuation. Yeah, they're they're original in Austin, you know. It's a it's kind of a unique little world they live in in Austin. But yeah, this is a great song, great feel, and you know, I think Brit wrote all the songs on this album. You can tell that this is a, this is an album written by a guy in his basement or in his bedroom and he's just thinking about life and love and he's <laughs> he's thinking, man, I hope to one day make it big and get out of this one horse town. Literally, Austin, Texas. I don't know. If wow, there's a, there's you just, you just crapped on uh, Austin, Texas. We're going to lose hey. our fan base there. <laughs> Wait, I, Such a but... good town. Austin City Limits is the best music festival in 
all of mankind. I stand by that. And uh, unless you work for Lollapalooza, you're going to give me free tickets. Again, I will definitely take it. Actually, it's run by the same company, so they, they, they appreciate it. Oh, yeah, well, C3. Those guys know to run a fest. They, they're amazing people. We have a lot of cool concerts. So if you want to sponsor the show, let us know. Anytime, any place. <laughs> Remember, my name is Michael Heideman, and this is Paul Farvar. And you can, if, if we can sift through an, all the Greta Van Fleet hate mail we got, we'd love to <laughs> oh see your email. Oh, my God. Their fans are <laughs> so... We I love, love those that. guys. Yeah, uh, Jinx, I love that. Yeah. I love the how, how passionate they were They're about great. those. Yeah, and we didn't but, shit um, on the band. We thought they were great. I mean, but they just it's just funny that they uh, are so adamant yes. about not being compared to Led Zeppelin. Not being, <laughs> not being compared to Led or Zeppelin and all the mistakes we made in that episode yeah. about talking about their names, oh, right, titles right. of songs. Spelling, yeah. We got called on everything. I think we claimed that their more dad was car- a dentist yeah. one time, too. <laughs> yeah. We got corrected on that. That was more, more hate mail than the Cardi B people that didn't like what my comments. But... We're not going to focus on the past. We're here in the future, and we're going to go to number three, which was the song most people know, uh, Spoon By. Yes, that is correct. Song number three. One of the songs on this album that was a hit. I Turn My Camera On. Also, a good song... uh, you're learning how to play bass <laughs> oh yeah you know it, when, I, when I was reading the the bio on this album I didn't really recognize I turned my camera on but now after yeah. hearing this beat and his voice is that nice falsetto that he, that he pulls through and the and the harmonies the, the vocal lines by the other members actually he probably mm. sang them himself but mm. live they have a mm. So this was actually Spoon's follow-up album to Kill the Moonlight, which they released in early 2003. Um, And it's funny because, I guess a little folklore from this band, he received a letter from David Cloudin in which he offered to let Daniel, Britt Daniel, use his beach house if he wanted to go on another writing stint. And And it's cool because he put it on an album in 2003 and pulled another one out in 2015. Full release, and it was 2005. 2015 was the the reissue. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. We're nothing if we're not accurate. (laughs) 2003 is when he put out Kill the Moonlight. Came out with uh, Gimme Fiction in 2005. Mm -hmm. It's a big turnaround to write a 10 song album. Amen, brother. This song has also been used in a lot of lot of stuff. Uh, I think you can. It was in Bones. Uh, I think Paul made out with a girl to this song probably once or twice. I for sure made out with a girl in this song. I know for a fact. I just remembered one. <laughs> um, one of four in my life that I've ever made out to. Only during Spoon. Yes. If you come to my house and Spoon is playing, we're making out. Somebody, Whoever you are. Guy or girl. going to be spooning. Yeah, we're going to be spooning. Where did the name come from, by the way? I don't know. Maybe we'll get some mail about that. <laughs> I'm sure it's from some sort of, uh, they're running out of, they're like, we can't be called the knives. Yeah, That's and, too edgy. And Fork just sounds like some other Fork dirty sounds word. like a restaurant yeah. in Chicago on Clark Street. Spork? No, but we're getting closer. We're getting closer. <laughs> anyway, this is a great song, uh, and it's it's just one of those things that, great beat, very simple. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what we talk about on, this, on the show a lot. You know, sometimes the simplest songs are the best. 
Yeah, that's all you need sometimes. And people can attach to that because it's groovy, it beats, maybe it goes on a little bit too long. That's the I'm going to give that my only distaste for this song. It's a quick it's one. three minutes and 32 it's only th- seconds. It's only three minutes and 32 seconds. But it seconds. is only two, it's two chain por- progressions throughout the two chord progressions. You know what? I'm going to tell you right now the best song with, with uh, two to three chords I heard it today, and I was reminded about how good it was. Don't Let Me Down by the Beatles. Oh, yeah, it's a good song. Great song, two. only like two chords. Uh, Sometimes Always is like that, too, by Jesus and Mary Chain. Ooh. Yeah. You know I know nice that? Because I used to, when I was in cover bands in the 90s, I would always try to find songs that were two or three chord changes because we wanted those as fillers because I, I would usually be drunk on stage, and uh, I wanted easy songs to play so I could like... <laughs> and also, I wasn't a strong guitarist. I wasn't what you call a good guitarist. Whoa. Give yourself I, more credit, but I, man. I had a decent stage presence. I, I made it look like those two chords were the hardest damn chords to play. It's all about confidence. That's what that's what I always read in these Same books. Same with everything. Yeah. Yeah. Just go into it. <laughs> all the it. self-help books we read for, right before we get on this if podcast. If I recall, I remember you playing uh, the Cranberries to perfection when you were in Shushan Boys. I, uh, Shushan Boys Singular. And I did. Oh, we did Boy. cover uh, Zombie, which is also an easy song for chord <laughs> progression. Okay. What about, have you ever covered My Mathematical Mind? No. And the thing about Spoon is their songs are very complex most of the time. And this is a great example of that. Such a good song. Let's get let's get going on with those lyrics. There we go. There you know we go. Song. This is one of their. This is like one of their hits too on the song. I mean, nothing was a really huge hit, but this is a well-known song by theirs. His voice is so memorable. You know when you're listening to a yeah. Spoon song. Do you remember? The, the, he had a solo album too later, and he wrote for a lot of other people. What were you, I'm sorry. What were no, you uh, that's. Do you remember? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to speak in the microphone. If I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was. A young lad. I wasn't that young, I suppose. Is this going to be one of those mowing lawn stories? (laughs) No, it's going to be how I first heard Spoon was um, when The Underdog came out. Oh, yeah. And it was on every friggin' commercial in the entire world. And I thought, who the hell is this band? His voice is so cool because it sounds like he smoked about 50 cigarettes before he sang the song yeah. and also like snorted a little bit of cocaine because he just, he, he has this, I don't know if he does drugs and I'm sorry to say that. But, I don't think he does. But it, it, the way that his nostrils and he, he, he you can tell the flaring. Great, yeah. They're flaring. They're flaring. <laughs> they got some flaring going so on. So that's funny you said that because um, there was a movie called Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell mm-hmm. and, uh, Throughout that song, there's a lot of there's a lot of songs from this from Gimme Fiction on on that album. I turn my camera was on, and this was also on it too. Really, and there's another song from this too. I think Sister Jack was also on it. I could be wrong, but uh, the a lot of the instrumental stuff was also on that. If, and it's a great movie, by the way. It, got, it didn't get a lot of reviews, good reviews, but it's a good movie, especially if you're a Will Ferrell fan. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily. A, pure comedy but it was one of those comedy dramas i see okay and it was a great movie and they and you you you're watching the movie you're enjoying the movie you're like oh man there's uh that familiar brit daniel flaring nose song <laughs> and you're like this is what i'm talking about <laughs> it fits it very well but yeah that's a good so uh my my best friend sam uh 
I was always the guy in our group of friends who would find music and discover it and spread it, spread the joy mm -hmm. to the other people. But mm -hmm. this is one of the the uh, bands, and this album was my friend Sam Jafari. Uh, he discovered them and he brought them to the table. I'm like, man! And then I got to take him to a concert uh, to the VIP. Uh, Lollapalooza show the second time we went post Lala and we uh, we hung out and we got to hang out and uh, see the show unfortunately it wasn't as good as the first one but oh, okay. Okay. I got to re return the favor uh, what was it 2015 that's Carried so nice one. L came full, full so circle 12 years later yeah yeah we saw him last year it's, it was so good but did you uh, ever hang out with Britt Daniel do you have any stories I of that I never met him no okay we were I mean he was literally the door away from the, if you go to Metro you know you I have the the VIP. Yeah, I have the VIP there. No big deal. But uh, no, I just did for that show, and uh, and uh, he was there. But we didn't we didn't want to bother him. I feel like he'd be a nice guy. He, I've heard mixed things. Okay, I've heard mixed things. I I, I know he has an ego, but uh, you know, there's we're not here to spread gossip. We're we're reviewing an album. But yeah. if you Google his we, name, we don't spread gossip only if it's about Greta Van Fleet's parents <laughs> being a part of dentist. any dentistry work or Adam Duritz's love life. <laughs> But that's all documented. But if or you do Dreads Google, being fake. Yeah, Sorry, it, yeah, this is Dreads. If up. you do Google uh, Britt Daniel uh, and stories from Austin bars, there are a handful that are out there. Ooh, I think we got to look up one of those before yeah. the podcast ends. <laughs> but what uh, the next song uh, is number five on the album, "Delicate Place." Number five. Number five. Also a great song. God, I forget how good this album yeah. is. It's one of those albums you just play the whole thing through. It's, There's not a bad song yet. It's very comforting. Every song that I hear, I feel very comfortable listening to. It's not too crazy. It feels like this guy is going to be the greatest campfire guitarist at every single party. <laughs> like, you want Brit to be there. It's like, hey, where's Brit? I don't know. He's over there in the corner. Tell him to get his guitar. we got to get some songs going on. Yeah, this is just one of those chill songs. And the great thing about their songs, too, live and on the albums, they got great harmonies, man. I love the way he uses that acoustic guitar as the main instrument in this band, too. I mean, piano definitely is well, a filler, but um, yeah, and I'm a great way to build upon the song, but it feels like every song started and ended with an acoustic well, guitar. Well, he definitely wrote them on that, but I do think, I, I will disagree with you, that I think their rhythm section is what carries this band. They've got one of the best bass and drum sections I've seen. You know what I can't believe? They don't have any spoon players in the oh, band Spoon. Oh, God. Like, wouldn't that be awesome if just like a random spoon solo right now? Maybe they got it from the Chris Cornell song, Soundgarden Spoon Man. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. Spoon Man! All right, let's jump to song. the next song real quick. Yes, which is Sister Jack, number six. I like that you can hear him talking to the band right there. It's such a cool thing. I like when bands do that shit. I like that, too. Makes There's, it more real. Yeah, it's and it's, it's, live. it's interesting how producers get to pick that because you need to be very sparse with using that. You don't want to use it too yeah. much. But I hear there, it's like I can't hear the bass in my headphones. I love that kind yeah. of just genuineness when you're making yeah. an album. There's certain things, yeah. You can't say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna go get high after this. You gotta <laughs> take that out." Or he said, "Did you tip the the pizza guy?" You don't want that on there. Like, but this is this is a great album to show. This song is a great one to show. Yeah. How great their rhythm is, the rhythm section here. 
Ladies and gentlemen, subtle stuff here. Paul's first fade. With my left hand. Well, that's a pretty good job. <laughs> yes, pinpoint it. Listen to the bass work there as a bassist. I can appreciate that. They're just so mo- they're monsters on stage too. It sounds like it would be a great live show, and you yeah. can tell that from this album. But this is one of those things where you're talking about too. It's just there's only like two or three chords in this whole thing, but they do all this subtle stuff in the background. They they do reverses, and they got like different song signatures and subtly in there. And and that speaks to how good the band is because you can feel mm-hmm. like as a musician. Tell me, yeah, they're if a I'm band's wrong. band. Yeah, they're a, they. That's a good yeah. That's a great way to put it. They're a band's band. You can tell where the song started, how it progressed, and most of the songs when you're in your garage start with two chords, like mm-hmm. here or there, and then then the drum beat kicks in. Bass. Well, Britt Daniel is the he wrote all the songs on this, and uh, you could tell he he's a guitarist predominantly. I, mm-hmm. I think he plays keys. As, he does play keys as well. But yeah, this is a, this is a great song. Yeah. Do you want to jump over to? Oh. The, and building upon Sister Jack. The end of the album just carries on like a freaking locomotive. Yeah. It's just... There's every song on this... You know, I forgot how good this album is. It's kind of funny. Uh, Michael and I were... We had a different uh, album picked out tonight, but I forgot to bring it in. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we, we found this one, which was also on our list of ones we were going to do anyway. And I'm so glad we did because this yeah. album is so good. And I forgot how good it is. Especially yes. like these anchor songs like Sister Jack... Uh, I turn my camera on, my mathematical mind. All these songs are amazing, and we still have so many more left. So, yes. Speaking of that, let's jump let's over to, to the it. next one. Now, this song I have read about more than I've listened to, to be honest. In fact, a lot of great, great journalists, music journalists, have have said that this was their favorite song of all time. In fact, in 2005, Entertainment Weekly author Stephen King, not the author of It, different Stephen, different King. Stephen King, named I Summon You as his favorite song of the year. There's so much written about this song, and to be honest, I can't wait to take a little dive back and check it out ourselves. Yes! Remember the way that oh, yeah, it's such a good sound. And you can feel that underdog vibe, too. I mean, they could play this whole album later in life when they do their reunion shows. Mm-hmm. And this would be like the one that, you know, like Bruce Springsteen does his album, Born to Run. Yeah. Just do this is like one of those classics of that, of that era. And just imagine being in Austin and seeing this guy play on stage and going to your favorite bars and being like, oh, I hope Britt Daniels is playing tonight. Oh, that I love that vibe. Because if you've ever been in Austin, it's such a music city, and yeah. it's just covered in these great honky-tonks. Well, not honky-tonks, but great little bars. That, Sixth uh, Street there. Yeah, Sixth Street. And then over on uh, East Texas. The side, yeah. Yeah, East Sixth is, is growing to be this music mecca. And... It's so hot. You can feel the heat em- <laughs> coming. Emulate. Emulate. What's the word I'm looking for? Emulate. I, it's, I feel like Porky Pig right now. Ugh, emulate. But it's. Uh, <laughs> it's. I can feel it seeping off this song. It's. It's an amazing it's band. Song. Great can, album. Yeah, great album. So this is I Summon You. Let's jump over to the next one called The Infinite Pet. Uh, this was in the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer, which is an underrated uh, movie. That is. One it's, of my favorite that's, movies. That's in 500 Days of Summer? Yeah. That is the saddest movie. Uh, I feel I so bad it. for the guy, George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. 
Because at the end, it's just like, oh, no, it was all just... You can't be a... You can't give it If you haven't seen 500 Days of Summer yet, that movie came out like 500 years ago. That's not true. It's like 10 years old. If uh, You had 10 years to see this movie. You're not going to see it now. I don't know, man. I still haven't seen movies that are on my list from 20 years ago. <laughs> what, we just don't want to make... We don't want to be spoiler. What's the one movie you haven't seen that you've always wanted to see? Like, people keep saying, you got to see this movie. Well, I don't want to see it, but Braveheart, people get really mad that I haven't seen it. You've never seen Braveheart? I've, seen, I've tried. It's so boring. Man, yeah. It's so boring. You miss you miss the, the bubble of time. That, yeah, like, I really... feel like it's over. And I didn't see, I haven't seen a lot of movies I'm supposed to see, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the biggest one. And I haven't seen any of the galaxy, whatever the Hulk oh, and Guardians all those of, Guardians of oh, Galaxy, Hulk, uh, I can't X-Men, get into that. any of that stuff. Oh, I haven't seen the one with, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves, which is the one with, uh, the Matrix? Matrix. I haven't seen that either. None of the Matrix. I kind of want to see it, but no, I haven't seen it. That's one of the late night, like you go and you just need to sit down and just watch The Matrix. But you know what? To be honest, I'm not, I've never been one of those people who were like, you need to see this. Oh, blank. people get mad if you, like, I, I have a joke it. about it where people are like, you haven't seen Braveheart? How do you call yourself a man? I'm like, I, I don't. <laughs> like, I figure skated. Like, we already know that. So, like, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's, it's just not that. But 500 Days of Summer, mm-hmm. I will say, was a great uh, movie and The Infinite Pet which is number eight on this album. All right, let's take a listen. Was on it. Nope. Oh, that is... Psych. <laughs> let's uh, <laughs> listen to The Infinite Pet. And one more time. Infinite Pet. Hold on. There we go. I don't even remember what part of the movie I was in. It's got like a dark feel to it. Yeah, this feels like minor chords. I'm guessing it's the part of the movie where he's like still trying to court her, and he's still trying to like like search her out, and like he's looking at the library and and, and at the office, and he's like, "Oh, who's this? Who's this new girl?" Prove that we're wrong with your messages, nerds. (laughs) I, you know what? Now that I hear this song, I don't like it. I remember this is one of the songs I don't like on this album. It feels very meh. B-side Beatles. B- it, I was just gonna say that it's a Beatles feel to it. Yeah, very like White Album second side. Yes, where it's just like, how many drugs do you guys need to do before you? <laughs> there's wrote just this a song? lot of re- there's a lot of effects on the on the bass and the guitars. I'm like, all right, we don't need that. Yeah, this is a good filler song. You know what this is? This is the Paul Farvar official get a beer at yes. the concert song. This is where I go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and get a beer. Yeah, I could feel that. All right, let's get this one. Was It You is number nine. Next song. Was It You. I thought you were just going to sing the words of the song. No, I'm like, I don't even remember this song now. Now that I think Was about it. Was It You. I think this is, this is part of the... This is the part of the album where I'm. I'm, I'm you know what? After I summon you, I can feel like that. Yeah, yeah. because kind of ends with. with I that. think I spoke too soon. I think the first seven songs on this were amazing, and now these two in a row are kind of duds. I'm right there with oh, you, man. No, oh, I think it's one of those slow starters. I mean, we're, we'll give it a few more seconds here, but sp- <laughs> right now I'm not. Feeling I don't it. remember this song yeah. at all. Do you, Michael? I don't. I don't. And the. 
the, even the people in the studio who aren't even listening to our podcast, they're leaving because yeah. of the song. They don't, we've, they're not into we've it. just cleared the room on this song, <laughs> Britt Daniel. I hope you're happy. You know what we can yeah, do? Yeah, this song is garbage. I'm going to just put it down, and then I'm going to point it to a random part of the song, and we'll see if we like that part. Yeah, that's How actually a that? good call. We've never done that. It's a first on the two guys, one album. We're edging up to three minutes. Let's see if we can be into it. Snorefest. Same thing. It's a five-minute song. Brick, what are you doing, man? This is just filler. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go to the very Was end of the song and see if it kicked into it. No, I want to see. I want. I want to give it a chance. All right, that's fine. Was is it this you? still? Was it you? It oh, still wasn't you. It's not me, because I hate this song. It's like, who farted? I think it was, I think it was, <laughs> was you know it what it's like? Who wrote this song? <laughs> That's what they were saying. They both were pointing. He's like, did I write this? No, was like, it you? No, was it I don't want to take credit for this. Well, Britt, you wrote all the other songs on this album. Like, you got to take the credit. You got to take credit for this shit, man. too. I'm not going to put my whole life on the yeah. line for this song. Yeah, you wrote this song. Was it you? I don't know. I, that's what he's saying. He's like, maybe it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, that was a garbage song. We will... We will we apologize, we apologize from Brit from for Brit, that yeah. song. Please, I can't wait to see these this letters. This is a good song. Never, they never got to you, number 10. I do remember this song, and it's a great song. This is so weird, Paul, but I think that song number nine was so bad it almost froze the computer. Even the computer was. This is one of those... Sl- this is a song that starts slow, but it actually gets better. Oh, and I like to play this live. Yeah, that's a good drop into the minor. Oh, yeah. This is a good... has a good 60s... Tasty. Secret Agent Man. He's got tasty licks. Secret Agent Man. What are you talking about? It drops in the same way the chord progression of Secret Agent Man. This is this is one of those songs that they play live and they just jam out on it. They just play their souls out. I feel like a lot of these songs can be extended into some good jam sessions, some good tasty jam sessions. I just love the I love the the build on this man. It's such a good song. You know, subtle second guitar. Speaking about um, Beatles, he has a very John Lennon kind of voice in the song. I could say, I, I'm feeling it. Well, he's got the effects going on. I think it's two two vocal lines, which John Lennon was was known to do. Also, yep. Kurt Cobain. Well, John Lennon, they they when he uh, watching the wheels that album, all those songs from 1979 or uh, those albums. You know who is a big, uh, a famous producer who really pushes for that on his albums is Butch Vig, who uh, is the drummer of Garbage. Yeah, and he, Jimmy, uh, uh, Jimmy, I can never say his name right. Jimmy Iovine. Oh yeah, Jimmy. yeah. Iovine, Iovine. Jimmy Iovine. I Ivine. Iovine. Ivy. He was a London guy, and then he produced Stevie Nicks, dated Stevie Nicks. Oh, she's got it. As we as we touched on in our Fleetwood Mac episode, she's got a very tumultuous relationship with a lot of. Oh, gentlemen. I'm reading her book right now, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lot more that we did not discuss, including mm-hmm. Joe Walsh of the Eagles and Don Henley. Really? Yeah, man. She she didn't only mess around with two guys in her band. Mm-hmm. She went on to others. Man, the, the e- Eagles. The, we should do an Eagles album. Yeah, we got to do I think, that. I think that'd be great. I've been tell really us which into... album we got to do. Someone tell us. Yes, we don't know please anything. let us know. I, I know the greatest hits. You can, we can't do a greatest hits e- album. So we can't do that that live album, like, uh, what is it, from Fire and Ice or something? What is it called? When Hell Froze Over. When Hell Froze Over. That's a... Fire and Ice. <laughs> That's a Pat Benatar song. <laughs> All right, so let's let's go to the end here. Uh, Merchants of Soul, number 11, which is a closer. I don't remember what song this is. I'm hoping for Britt Daniels' sake it's not or was it you <laughs> oh no this is a cool song I do remember this 
And and yeah, some of these some of these songs, it's been ten years probably since I've heard. Okay, I'm feeling. It. I, I, I was like le- it. I was letting it simmer a little bit. I forgot about it, but th- and now I now I like it a lot. I remember, and it builds a little bit too. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just so cool. Like they, and, and you know how you said before that a lot of them are guitar based. This is one of those songs where it's like it's based on rhythm and keys. Yeah, and they just worked around it, and you gotta you gotta appreciate that. I like you can see the structure of the song. If anything. Spoon has a good structure to their to their music, which you can. I think that's why people get so uh, drawn to them because they, you can feel how the songs are built, and I think that's what's making me a fan of these songs. I'm sorry that I put the the music down, but I had an important question for you. What's the question? Um, out of all the Austin bands, two bands. Oh, you can put it up. No, no, go like. ahead. Out of the, all the Austin bands, and I can think of two off the top of my head: Spoon. <laughs> I know who you're going to say your second band. And fastball, dear God! Fastball. Who who, who name would two, be name three of their songs? Oh, uh, uh, right off the top of my head, the way. That's one. Um, the way remix. The ocean. The ocean. Yes, and out of my head. Out of my head. Yeah, out of my head. Which was uh, I think it was Twenty One Savage who wrote who uh, made the rap version of that song. Was uh, out of my head. Was uh, out of. I my thought that mind. was the same song as the way. It sounds so similar. Well, that's the point I was going to try to make. I was going to say who who's the better partier at the bar, fastball or spoon. But oh, now I want to know why do both these bands kind of sound so similar? Like they do their not music they don't sound like they fastball use, at all. Oh I, my god! I feel like if, if this is blasphemy, that's I, like saying the monkeys and the Beatles sound the same. If I put well, that's a bad example. A blind taste test, Coke Pepsi style. To somebody who has never listened to both these bands, I play them both side by side. Are they musicians? So they know about music? No, it's just some schlub on the street. It depends on the schlub, but I I would guarantee <laughs> if you picked anyone that's uh, that's heard music for uh-huh. more than two years of their lives, they're gonna be able to say, oh yeah, Spoon is. It's it's like it's not Coke and Pepsi. It's Coke and RC. Okay, that's how you compare. By the way, that was fastball. how the song ended. I, yeah. I didn't shut it down right there. Well, uh, uh, thank you for reminding everyone that Fastball is still from Austin, fastball Texas. Fastball is still from Austin, Texas. I doubt they get as many free drinks as the guy from Spoon, <laughs> but they should no. because those songs are awesome. There's, and a, they're there's a lot of great bands from Austin. Chris Whatley is from there. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. There's so many, so many. Uh, uh, there's other uh, uh, baby bands, what I would call bands that came out after 2010. Yeah. That are White from, Denim. Like great them. band, yeah, yeah. There's uh, a lot Austin. of great bands, but from that era, Spoon was the largest, and 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 Gimme Fiction is one of their best albums, if not their best album, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And uh, you know what time it is? Yes, time to listen to more Fastball, and here we go with <laughs> the way. It's time to review the album. Oh, my favorite part. Yes, Michael. So as as you know, mm-hmm. we review it based on eleven as being the highest because on social media, once you hit eleven, you can no longer see the names, and that's the highest honor when when you've hit that number. It's a great honor. I remember when eleven was a big deal. Now, if I if I don't get twenty likes on something, I'd take it down. I'm like, oh, Same. I'm depressed. I'm like, was that not funny? <laughs> That picture is not good. Selfies don't count because everyone likes selfies, especially if you're with someone big. Yeah. If I I have a picture with Michael, it it does wonders. 
That's right. We got again. We need to make that yeah. photo. Uh, we took one uh, recently. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't post it yesterday on Instagram. I posted a different one from uh, from the event we were at. Okay. Okay. So you're up. You go first this time. All it's right. Eleven the, is the most. <clears throat> what do you give this moment. album? And actually, there's eleven songs, so it actually works out pretty cool. You can, you know, what you got to you got to penalize them for. Was it you? Yeah, I, I know. So. Here, let me let me take a look at the album. So, okay, we're, I'm looking at it. I'm holding it in my hand right now. Spoon, give me fiction. It's the, it's a cover with a lady who is wearing a red hood over her head with her nose and her eyebrows showing. That doesn't even equate into my final judging of it. <laughs> uh, the photo and the inside. Them playing in Austin, I'm guessing. Why, how does this have to relate to your? To I'm your buying time because I, I that wasn't you. Really, really knocked me off my horse. <laughs> what the no fastball? The and then and the fact that they're not fastball is kind of <laughs> hard. All eleven right. is the most. Eleven is. I love our system. If eleven is the most, I'm going to give fastball a solid like out, fastball thrown to me hit out of the park. Solid five. Five likes. Five is not a lot. That's pretty low for you. But I'm giving it a, a chunky five. Five thumbs up. Five thumbs up. And then I'm going to give it one smiley face with the sunglasses and then the cheersing beers. Because I feel like in yeah, Austin, Texas band, you're, you're cheersing beers. Beer. Yeah. And you know what? How about Lionhead? Just because... There's a lion head emoji. <laughs> There's a, okay. uh, yeah, because so, I feel like it's a it's a strong five, and I don't want to discount right. them. But man, was it you? And some of the songs started sounding the the same. And I I know uh, this is all my opinion. I'm sorry, but you are a music insider. Yes, I'm. I am a music insider, and I feel like according to our intro woman, <laughs> who, who wrote our. She's so, 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 so kind, sexy. too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to give it a solid five, but that doesn't discount it. If you ever want to go to a show, a spoon show with me, Paul, I would gladly take that ticket. I will I will take you to one. And yeah. now, my favorite part of the show is Paul's judgment. So I am giving this eight, eight uh, thumbs up. Wow. Eight thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the smiley face that's got the red the red rose it's one of my favorite emojis that yeah. no one uses with the smiley face and the hands showing like jazz hands <laughs> on the side that's the one of those emojis okay and then I have to give one eggplant just for was it you because you just Brit, you shouldn't that, have written that song yeah that everything else did. great album mm-hmm. very underrated I'm so glad I got to hear it again uh, it's been a long time and you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna download or put it back on my uh, playlist mm-hmm. at on my on my cellular phone where I listen to music now and uh, you should all buy this album if you have don't have it already spoon give me fiction I think that was a great great um, uh, dissection of the album. Gimme Fiction by Spoon. It was great. And like we said before, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, likes, dislikes, email us at twoguysonealbum at gmail.com. We have a Twitter, too, twoguysonealbum. That's with the number two, twoguysonealbum. And And the number one, too. And the number one. Yeah. Because we're number and, one. Uh, and uh, keep sending your suggestions of albums. We do yes. get them, and they are on our list. And we know a lot of people want to come on and review with us. We are going to have people come in and be guest reviewers soon. But uh, for now, it's just two guys. One album.